Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Accelerator Insider, where we explore the minds behind accelerators, incubators, and venture studios. We interview innovation leaders to learn how they build businesses for today and the future. And I'm really excited to have Luke Butler joining us. Uh, he is the executive director and startup engagement of uh, startup engagement and the head of the Lyft Labs Accelerator with NBC Comcast uh, Universal. I'm probably saying that backwards. It might be Comcast NBC Universal. Comcast NBC Universal, yeah. yeah. Um, and so thank you so much for joining us uh, today, uh, Luke. I really appreciate it. Of course. It's it's so exciting to uh, to do this. I've been following um, what you've been doing. And, and also, given that we used to work together in a completely different uh, field, it's nice to, to reconnect around this. Yes, yes, exactly. And it's actually kind of funny because I feel like the start, you know, so many folks have moved into the innovation ecosystem from coming from different market segments and areas and industries because really where you know the idea of like future planning exists right if you work in government yeah. or you work in tech or you work in finance like we're all starting to really think about like what's the future look like and everyone who wants to play in that space i think kind of slowly moves there and you've been doing this for a while actually you've been with comcast for probably about a decade now right doing this uh, five or six years oh, five or six years uh, start, yeah Yes, and, and that was when you first started, as we're going to jump into the interview actually here, and everyone who is watches can, um, you know, can, you can read Luke's bio on LinkedIn, so I'm not going to go deep into his, his bio because there's a lot of information there, but uh, you, Comcast has been through a journey also, and obviously being also uh, in Philadelphia where we first met, transitioning over there, really what I would say is kind of you know, even five, six years ago, still kind of early from a corporate innovation standpoint in terms of folks trying to build this into how they think about business. And so um, maybe just talk me through a little bit before we get into like the program right now, kind of the journey that you've been yeah. with Comcast, uh, with with the kind of innovation and accelerator kind of uh, ecosystem that you've been with. Yeah, absolutely. Well, again, thank you. Thank you for having me. It's to reconnect with you. I think um, you're right. I think Comcast um has has evolved over the years from what you may have thought of as a kind of a traditional uh cable and internet provider into really a, a media technology company and i think i mean you and i served together in government in philadelphia and were there when comcast announced that they were going to build the comcast technology center and that mm -hmm. i think was the real statement of this is what the company is now this is um these are the the uh, this this is the sort of message that we want to send to the best technologists in the world that if if you're leading your leaders in your field and you want to build really exciting technology at scale then comcast is a company that you should consider coming to work for and, and you know as as people whose jobs it was to run philadelphia and attract people to philadelphia that was a really exciting statement because uh, it meant that we could bring um, lots of people that may not have thought of Comcast as a place uh, to work to to come and be here. So the fact that we invested in this building, uh, the Comcast Technology Center, which holds all of our innovation teams, the fact that we um, the that we dedicated a floor of that building to our team, to Lift Labs, and to that kind of interaction between the technologists that work for Comcast and interesting and exciting early stage founders that are building technologies that are relevant to us i think is a real statement of the evolution that um that has occurred and the, the sort of company that we are and we want people to think of us uh, as right now so i uh a couple of years ago i worked with national grid um helping them basically kind of commercialize all of their energy technology um and but comcast is a little bit different in the sense that it really kind of was a partner at that time with the city of Philadelphia and thinking about um, innovation as not just kind of important for Congress, but really important for the city, to your point more broadly. Um, and the, I want to just talk a little bit about like that kind of public-private partnership piece of innovation and like building cities that have technology or innovation at their core. People kind of are fighting for kind of to be the new innovation center. Um, yeah. What was that like? And it kind of were you part of that experience of trying to kind of bring those worlds together? Uh, yeah, and interestingly, kind of on on both sides of the table. So um, in the beginning, you know, my relationship with Comcast and, and our administration's relationship uh, was one of um, uh, kind of partnering with them to support 
the growth of what you call the kind of innovation ecosystem in, in Philadelphia. And as, as one of the biggest employers, as, as a, you know, one of the, the biggest well-known brands in the city, they played a, a critical role in that. And so um, the, the, the people who ultimately created our team and, and, and brought on um, people like uh, my former boss, Danielle Khan, who um, was brought on to kind of lead uh, this effort in the beginning, um, they were really working with us to think about how do we attract new businesses into the city? How do we use Comcast as this kind of center of gravity that can pull interesting technologies into the city? You know, when we were meeting with companies that we were trying to, where we were making the case for why should you come to Philadelphia? Why should you locate your headquarters here? Is there talent here that can support you? We often bring people from Comcast to those discussions um, and help and have them help us make the case around you know why why this is a great place or why, why Philadelphia is a great place to to build a business and so they were they were kind of always at the table and then as they um, as, as I said as they uh, had plans to build the Comcast Technology Center and and think more about the role that Comcast plays in in the Philadelphia technology community that's when they asked people to come in and, and help build out that team and build out the program and the way that um, my my boss Sam Schwartz, uh, who is the chief business development officer for Comcast, the way that he describes it is he wanted the walls of that new building to be permeable. The mm. the people that were working inside of the tower would be out in the community, and that the 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 community, the technology community that surrounded Comcast, would feel that this is a place that they can come into. Um, all the way down to as you come into the, the Comcast Technology Center and there's this beautiful lobby, the only part of the building that you can see into, like the, there's a big window at the top of the lobby, and that's the lift labs floor. And that was a deliberate statement of we want this to be more transparent. We want to build these relationships and have technology and early stage companies feel like this is a place that I can, co I can come and, and this is a company that I can work with. And I actually remember that building, and I remember that that that, uh, that big screen. So actually, and it is beautiful. Actually, and if anyone yeah. isn't goes to Philadelphia, is in Philadelphia, it's it's definitely worth. I mean, still beautiful checking out um, as well. But I mean, we can talk about. I want to kind of go into the labs, but I think this is a really interesting conversation because I, I do uh, talk to a lot of folks in government who are really thinking about innovation and trying to understand how to participate in a thoughtful way with their corporate partners. And I think Comcast is just a really great example of what they did in Philadelphia, um, that other cities are trying to either, you know, mimic or understand, um, especially yeah. because the rate of, of innovation is just in increasing rapidly. And folks are just trying to like keep pace with like how to be relevant today and in the future. And that's a really a, a public and private, you know, conversation um, that folks are, are starting to have. Um, so yeah, that's awesome. Um, so I want to talk about Lyft Labs a little bit. So uh, one of the big things says on the website when I first opened it up was entrepreneurship is in our DNA. And so I first I thought, well, yeah, it's a company, so that kind of makes sense. But <laughs> but um, you know, what does that mean? And that's a pretty you know, it's a it's a a bold statement. Um, and so how so? How is that showing up in Lyft Labs? Yeah. Well, it, it kind of goes back to some of the things that we touched on as to why our team was created and, and the, the prominence that were given. But ultimately, you know, Comcast is a, is a massive global corporation, um, but still relatively unique in that we're led by the, the family that founded the company. Our CEO, Brian Roberts, is the son of Ralph Roberts, who founded the company uh, around 60 years ago uh, in a small place called Tupelo, Mississippi. Um, and that has since grown into this this global business, and 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 the spirit of uh, of Ralph Roberts uh, certainly for people that have been at Comcast for some time kind of really lives on. I think he he was a very creative entrepreneur. He was a risk taker. He encouraged uh, all of the teams and people that worked with him to to push the push the envelope and and really take risks and push boundaries. And I think. Our current leader Brian um, has really carried on that message, and and the fact that our team exists uh, and has given such support is is testament to that. And you know, in a in a big corporation, one of the things that you have to kind of guard against is you you, you can quickly become quite safe, um, and and it's it's easier not to take risks. It's it's uh, you know 
this will sound familiar to somebody that worked in government as well. There's there's often very little payoff for, for trying something new. Um, and that's part of the inertia that you battle with a bureaucracy. And so Comcast, I think, in order to tra attract some of the people that I was talking about, you have to you have to really walk the walk when it comes to being a technology company, being open to trying new things, being open to failure and learning. And so that spirit, I think, kind of lives on um, in the business, in the technology teams, and, and and a little bit through us as well. How do you? So you've been with Compass for um, a couple of years. How has that transition been for the company as, as Lyft Labs kind of working internally with the teams, with the staff? Um, I know that when I was at, working with National Grid, um, you know, it was a shift in behavior. They were they were super open to it, but it was really a challenge from just a ha kind of a habit formation, just like change how they how they move. How has that been and how, how have you experienced that in Congress? Are people was it super easy from the get go? Has it been? Uh, a little bit more of an effort to get people kind of um, invested at the ground level? Like what's that experience been working with the enterprise? Well, I think that in, in many in, in many senses, the, the, the raw ingredients were already there. I think the, the, the desire to work with founders, to try new things, to test new technologies, um, is, it lives in, in the business and lives in the teams uh, that build the products uh, in, in the company. I think what our team, has helped to do is to is to harness that uh, to structure it to give uh, startups. We used to describe ourselves as the front door for startups that want to work mm -hmm. with Comcast. And so our job is to really help synthesize what are the things that we're looking for, who are the best startups in the world that are doing this, and how do we structure a way that we can get to know them, test what they're building, uh, connect them with the right teams in in the business. And I think you know there are there are teams that were. Uh, perhaps more predisposed to that type of thing um, in the beginning. But I think as we've grown over time and our team has become better known and, and we've been able to share some of the startups that we work with with a broader range of teams, we're now constantly getting people reaching out to us saying, oh, how do I get plugged into that? How do I get my teams to, to work with the startups that uh, you guys identify? Um, I saw this company in your portfolio, can you connect me so that we can do a pilot uh, with them? So I think the the spirit has, uh, and that way of working is really spread across the business. And, you know, we're just, we're just a small part in, in helping to, um, to, to shape and, and um, harness that. You had talked about, I mean, and that makes, I think the, the, the long-term commitment, I think, has really been the benefit because a lot of programs they kind of they test it, they do like these pilot things and they kind of you know iterate. But I think you guys have been kind of really consistent with the mission and the vision. And the iteration has been really intentional as it's become more aligned with the organization. I think we see that. And so particularly even you know right now, and we'll talk a little bit about some of the the things that you guys offer, but Currently, you know, with Comcast and NBC Universal, and I think the partner currently is, is Sky TV or, or Sky Media. Before, I think you guys were working also with Techstars, but do you want to talk me through a little bit about like how you think about relationships and partnerships when it comes to the innovation work that Comcast is doing? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, and just to clarify one thing, Sky is um, is is kind of part of our business. They're essentially the European arm of uh, of, of Comcast and NBC Universal. In, in lots of ways. Um, so they're kind of under our corporation, but you're right, we did, we worked with Techstars for a number of years. I think that um, as as our team has evolved, I think, you know, when we were standing up the program um, and looking for the right partners, we were thinking about um, one, who is the best in the world at, uh, at structuring these sorts of early stage startup programs. We looked at lots of them, we landed on Techstars, um, and had a great relationship with them over the course of a number of years. And I think their brand and credibility with startup founders really helped um, uh, reflect well on, on Comcast. And we, they built great programs for us. We were, you know, they run lots of corporate programs all around the world. I think we were probably one of, if not the most um, highly in something where we kind of paid them and said, hey, can you go off and run this accelerator? We brought them in to help really build a program that was custom to us. And our team was right there alongside them. And so 
we ran that for a, a, a number of years. And I think over time, just kind of refined what our objectives were, where we felt that we should really be focusing. And uh, in recent in, in the recent year, as our relationship with Techstars kind of came to an end, we decided, well, actually, we can do a lot of this ourselves. Um, and the bits that we think we're good at and are really important to us almost necessarily need to be done by an internal team. Mm -hmm. um, so the, the things that we should focus on are what is Comcast uh, uh, interested in when it comes to these different categories? How can we help exciting startups connect into those teams to explore whether or not we should be working together? There are, you know, Comcast doesn't, shouldn't really be telling people how to go and build a business or how to raise money. You have programs like Techstars that do that and many others that, that, that do that well. We should focus on what we, uh, what we think that we can uniquely add to that. But Techstars and, and a whole range of other partners are still really close to us. I think it, it becomes this, um, uh, this kind of mutually reinforcing relationship where, you know, we're looking for interesting startups that can come and join our programs. Um, venture capitalists and, and other programs are looking for opportunities for the startups in their portfolios. And so we can kind of all help each other, um, but the, you've got to kind of build those personal relationships and trust each other and all the rest of it in order to do that well. I mean, that makes tons of sense. I, mean, I think a lot of, of the work that Techstars has done over the last decade really has been capacity building for the ecosystem fundamentally, right? And and I think we kind of forget that the idea is not for them to kind of, you know, for external programs to really run the thing forever. It's really about that beneficial relationship of yeah. what do we uniquely both bring to the table? And then how do we like leverage each other to kind of get to that goal? And I think, again, what Comcast has done has been really insightful because this also is unique that for what you're doing right now currently, um, because you're talking to mostly like seed stage companies for them for them in many cases. I mean, they're a little bit further along, they have some traction, they have some, and so many accelerators are focused on like kind of zero to one ideation kind of pre-seed. We're seeing this whole new corporate layer of accelerators that are focused on kind of kind of healthier companies that are moving into a growth stage um, and they're necessary. And when doing that, it's like, yeah, I don't need to focus on fundraising and, and MVP. That's like not the purpose of us. We're really here to, talk about how you actually can grow the business and be um, material for the companies that you want to sell to really. Yeah. And Compass has done a great job of that. And I think what we, what we learned over time was when, when working with the, the pre-seed companies, the, the ones that were much earlier, um, we could provide, we could, I think, provide a lot of value to them um, with subject matter experts that were um, leaders in these fields that can help advise the companies can, and help test a little bit but um in most cases those companies are, are not ready to really plug in and work with with a business as complex as ours and so it was um it was great in terms of some of the things we talked about earlier in, in terms of like that that spirit of entrepreneurship and and people at our business wanting to give back and help founders um but where we really felt we could address a need on the comcast side was as we understand what are the areas of technology that we're looking to explore and, and invest in um, and on the startup side, how do they actually you know, see Comcast as a potential customer of theirs? You kind of have to come a little bit later. And, you know, in our recent programs, we've had, you know, still some quite early companies, but companies that have raised more than $100 million. Um, and so the program is really tightly focused on how do we accelerate your relationship with Comcast? Um, and, and that necessarily, in most cases, requires that you work with companies that are a little bit more enterprise ready. You had talked about this idea of, um, and I, I want to go back to the enterprise ready in a second, but there's one thing in your in your list of kind of folk values, like access, mentorship, amplification. And I wanted to hone in on the amplification. Do you, th is that specific and unique because of the fact that Comcast, NBC Universal is, you know, has, is a media conglomerate in a sense? Oh, and or do you think it's something that all accelerators should have a component of as well? I think at the core, so so yes, the answer is you know as a as a media uh, company, I think we have a uh, perhaps a unique uh, set of distribution channels and experts that can help in in shaping and sharing a company stories, and so that's really always been at the core of what we do. But the broader point is. 
storytelling and, and articulating what you're doing in the most compelling, memorable way has to be, that's kind of really table stakes for all of these programs. Whether you're talking to investors or you're talking to potential customers, you have to really think about how you present what you do and, um, and, and land that memorable story uh, that's going to stick in someone's mind who isn't maybe paying um, uh, as much attention to you all the time as you would like. You know, you've got to kind of, you've got to do something memorable that that sticks with a person. And so that really, you know, we focus a lot on uh, on that story creation, on sharing it through our own channels, on connecting the founders to um, the, the storytellers in our own organization that share uh, these stories nationally and globally. Um, but the core essence of it, I think, is is really a, a big part of what any kind of uh, either accelerator or um, kind of corporate startup program should be trying to do. This is an area that I think is is, in, is a, a shift because if you looked at accelerators 10 years ago um, or even the ecosystem 10 years ago, uh, you'd hear a lot of like technology, 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 don't care about marketing. You're doing B2B SaaS. It doesn't really matter. Even on the UX side, it was like, eh, it can be a little clunky. Like people internally don't care. And now we're getting more of a consumer experience of all products, whether it's in, in, the, in the B2B or B2C. And and the need to be top of mind and have awareness and have presence um, and just having airtime is becoming like very critical to the success of a, of a company. Um, and so are you seeing that, is that showing up true even at the enterprise level that those companies having those press moments, having that kind of external validation on social, are those things becoming more and more relevant in the conversation or are they still, are they still secondary? I, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, the, the, the biggest challenge that we face is uh, for the, the technology and the product teams that we want our startups to work with. It's not like they've held part of their, you know, their bandwidth and their roadmap to like, oh, maybe a startup is going to come in and they can plug into this gap that I have. They're pretty fully booked. Like they, they have a roadmap. They kind of know what they're doing. Uh, they don't typically, they're so busy. They don't typically have time, time to take on new things. And so the, the, the trick is you've got to have this compelling um, uh, story, this compelling company that really jolts them and says, actually, we need to make time for this because this can help accelerate everything else that we're doing, or it could have a really meaningful impact on the business. And I think any, any kind of external validation, anything that can, where you can say, well, you know, they're already working with, I mean, BOMO is, is a real thing. And like, if we can point to you know, a rival or a competitor or something like that. But like, well, you know, they're working with this company that can can help kind of move things along a bit uh, a bit more quickly. And so you can share press, you can share previous customers, big time investors are always something that, that captures people's uh, imagination. At the core of it, the thing has to be real. You know, you've got to um, and often, you know, uh, we our team, if we really believe in something, whether or not they're working with other big companies, we'll find a way uh, to get them in front of the right people and to get their attention focused on them. But I think you're right, like it, it, with with everything else that's going on in a big company, with an economic environment that is the one that we have today, anything that gets you a little bit ahead or can make you stick out in somebody's mind, I think is going to be really important to, to getting the attention of a big company. The human behavior of like, hey, man, I need to win. I want to win. <laughs> and we yeah. have some competition here. And, and so actually, this is a very kind of, and I know I'm off scripting here, so but this is a very specific kind of question um, about value proposition. So when you think about startups, oftentimes the story is like, this is how we can make you more money. Fundamentally, if we're selling to B2B, we're selling B2B to C in a sense. And, we're, and usually we're helping you to the end customer, create more value so you generate more revenue. I think we're seeing a lot more folks saying, oh, this is actually an efficiency play. This is like a cost-saving measure. How is that becoming a more compelling value proposition now? Before it was like, okay, cool. But since I can't really see the numbers now, I don't really, I don't feel compelled to actually execute against that. Are we seeing a different market where like efficiency and cost savings is just as valuable as revenue generation or not yet? I, not I absolutely think so. And, and I think that's in, in most cases as we're looking at companies or as we're um, advising how to position something, it's through that lens initially, I think that is is the the most compelling. I think there's a couple of reasons for that. One is, you know, as I mentioned, the kind of economic environment um, where companies are being really thoughtful and strategic 
about investments that they're making, but they're also having to keep an eye on the costs and make reductions there and always look for, for efficiencies that can help their teams. And so, for example, you know, we're, we're looking at um, a lot of AI at the moment. Um, and so a lot of the companies that we're looking at, are, um, the, the role that they play is to make our teams better, to allow, mm -hmm. you know, to take care of some of the, maybe the boring manual work that a software developer has to do to address, uh, you know, legacy issues in, in code or data, which frees them up to do more um, high value and creative work. And so I think that efficiency, um, uh, leading with the efficiency is, is really compelling. The other thing, frankly, and I think all, um, all big corporations probably have a bit of this is when you think about uh, kind of feature creation and some of the products that go to market, there's a huge amount of pride that our product teams take in building those things. They understand the customer, they understand our business. And so, um, you know, there's a bit of a sense of like, that's, we own that, like that's our, uh, we can do that. Um, uh, and so a company coming along that has a new product that they want to kind of plug in, that can be a harder sell than we've got something that's going to make your teams better um, as they go about building those more consumer facing products. I think that's like super insightful and, and because I think a lot of young entrepreneurs are thinking like we can replace this with this, you know, <laughs> like we're going to come in there and change everything. And it's going to be, this is what everyone wants. This is what, and it's actually like, well, no, there, there is actually a whole lifetime and journey of relationship management that's been happening in this company. Mm -hmm. They know their customers really, really well. And that's actually the part that they really enjoy. Right. They don't want to, they don't want to take that out of the work. They want more of that time in the work. Right. And so yeah. looking for companies that can augment that or start to, that can support those companies is really kind of, the opportunity space, right? Uh, broadly, yes. Yeah. So, you know, there's, there's always room for, for for new creative experiences. I, I'll give you an example where um, we got we've been working with a company called Neon Wild, um, which uh, is a is an animation technology that helps place children and young people in the stories uh, that are told. That creates uh, avatars that represent. Um, the the diversity of backgrounds and lived experiences that young people have today um, and customs uh, customizes stories around them and so that for us you know we have a whole range of um, really interesting IP stories that we've created over the years that allows us to tell the new stories in a new way to engage with young people in in a new way and help them feel part of these updated uh, versions of these stories. So that's that's something that's very consumer facing and, and, and our teams have really embraced that as a way to think about new ways uh, to, to share content and to tell stories. So I don't wanna make any blanket statements uh, because there is still room for that kind of thing. But I think on the at the outset, the kind of the cost saving efficiency, efficiency thing at the moment is, mm -hmm. is the more compelling uh, case to make. Well, I think what we're also finding is that and I want to talk a little bit about kind of the themes and such, but we're also finding that because the ecosystem has grown and become more mature, the founders are becoming more mature in their understanding of their placement inside the business ecosystem. And so they're able to kind of map the market a little bit better and kind of know what the propositions are at different moments, right? And so we're, I think we're seeing this constriction happening. So everyone's looking at efficiency. And I was talking to a company the other day that's doing something um, for kind of space and, and aerospace and talking about the revenue models around cost efficiency and savings, which I actually learned a long time ago at the School of Philadelphia doing um, uh, doing uh, brown spaces, brown fields, and how to mm. save cotton. And, and so, you know, but like that technique was like, oh, that's relevant now. Uh, whereas before trying to have them just buy outright a subscription or an annual whatever was less attractive to, to their customers. And so... Yeah. I think you're probably seeing something very similar, like the maturity of these companies and how they're kind of tuned. I think they're more tuned to the needs of the enterprise than they were before. I, I think so. And I think the part of our um, evolution too is is being uh, a bit a bit tighter around some of the sorts of categories that we're looking at. And within that, you know, what's interesting and important. Um, maybe we'll get onto this, but I, I think the, the, the thing that we've, you know, we, that we're, constantly trying to get better at is 
um, being as efficient as we can with a with a startup founder's time. And so mm -hmm. if we can tightly define the sorts of uh, capabilities that we're looking for, the things that we think are, are, are need to have rather than just kind of cool and interesting we want to play with, that helps us get to a quicker answer than um, something that's going to, you know, we want everyone wants to be nice to um, the, the people that you interact with and, and be helpful. But ultimately, if there's not a real business case there, we kind of want to get to that answer pretty quickly. Um, because the worst thing we can do is kind of drag someone along with like a slow maybe if ultimately there's, we're not going to, you know, invest in something. I have so many questions that I need to ask you. But I'm like, I'm still like, I want to ask you. So, but I, I did have, I'm going to definitely move into this uh, about the the themes and such, but I, I, I wanted to clarify something you, you, you just shared around, um, around kind of working with these companies and kind of the business case. Where does startup innovation live in the in the areas within Comcast, is it is it considered R and D? Is it considered you know? It, is it is it considered you know? Kind of I don't know what other categories are, like kind of an immediate need when you are building your you know your port codes for every cohort. Is it a spread like hey this company is you know might is is, a, is less close to the business case, but maybe has some relevancy in three years from now? Or is it like, hey, we're looking for things that we can use kind of right now, next 18, 24 months. And that's, you know, how is that, where is that sitting? And it, was it always sitting there? Has it changed? We're kind of part of a, uh, a broad continuum, I think, that goes from, um, you know, teams like ours that are looking to, I mean, ultimately our objective is to build relationships with startups um, earlier than they might traditionally pop up on our radar. Um, so if we can do the vetting and the investigation and, and, and get to meet them and work with them as they're growing, then that puts us in a good position to be able to help them and work with them moving forward. And so, you know, broadly, we're at the, the earlier stage. We sit alongside groups like Comcast Ventures um, that is making uh, venture capital investments in companies that might be, might be relevant to Comcast. We do have an R&D group, which is building their own technologies and working with other startups in, in ways that are, are more kind of um, uh, future facing and, 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 and kind of further out. Um, we have groups that do uh, acquisitions of companies that are just ready to kind of plug in and solve a particular need or, or major partnerships with, uh, with more advanced startups. So our team kind of, I mean, we sit within a group called Strategic Development um, and the way that I think about strategic development is broadly, you know, what's next for Comcast? What are the things that we should be looking at um, that are maybe not things that are just part of the, the day to day um, the, uh, of the businesses, uh, the kind of the uh, normal course of business? And so we often find companies that are ready to plug in and address, uh, address a particular need. We find companies that are building things that are maybe on the roadmap in the next three to five years. So it's 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 a bit of a mix, but. Broadly, we're looking for what are the things that we should be um, learning about and, and doing next. One of our um, kind of our core goals is is what we call innovation through insight. So we're so we're looking to inform how we think about technology and products um, through the work that we do with these early stage founders because those are the ones that are you know they're several years ahead of us. They're at the coal face, really deep in a particular area. Um, and so if we can build a relationship with them, help them learn from them, become customers of theirs, maybe um, that's going to help add to the intelligence that exists in the business. And so finally, we'll get to the theme question, because I think this speaks to actually how you're actually integrating with the cross Comcast to understand their needs and match that with the startups. You guys uh, shifted to a theme based approach. Uh, what was the impetus for that change? And I know there's a couple of different themes. I know the AI is only one of them. And so do you want to share a little bit about the other ones yeah. as well yeah it, it kind of comes back to what i was saying about us being a bit um a bit more defined in what we're looking for so previously when we were working with techstars uh we ran a program that was for uh, pre-seed stage uh companies so really early companies uh the themes were broadly media entertainment and connectivity so really anything that could be relevant to a business uh like ours mm -hmm. um and as i said it was it was uh, a, a great uh, successful experience and and lots of our teams got to work with incredible startups and, and many of them have gone on to 
longer term business relationships um, with us. We felt that as we we're kind of evolving our model, if we can be tighter on a particular theme, we can be much more efficient for the companies in the class. So we we bring together a cohort of um, adjacent but not competitive companies. Um, and so that we can really um, connect them with the right teams um, and be, um, as I say, respectful and efficient and targeted with their time. Um, this year, uh, you know, coming into this year, we we um, decided we were going to have this kind of more theme-based approach. Um, mm -hmm. And this year, the theme of AI has kind of imposed itself on us, uh, as it has uh, teams like ours uh, across all corporations. And so it's been a really exciting year to um, in the in the first cohort that we ran, we had lots of companies that were focused on generative AI, um, both on the entertainment and customer enterprise side. Um, this upcoming, we're, we're, we're kicking off a program in, in mid-October, which is more around enterprise AI, which are more of the kind of the infrastructure foundation type um, uh, tools that we need in order to build these interesting experiences on top of them. Um, and and there's a there's a big effort across the company as there is in in all businesses to really learn more about this technology. We've been you know using AI and, and leaders in it for uh, for many years now, but the technology is is evolving so quickly this year that being able to plug into some of these founders who are building companies, they come from um, you know building the underlying technology that a lot of these new experiences are built on. That for us is tremendously valuable as we think about you know where we should be focused where we can build ourselves where we need to bring in other people and so i think that more focused approach around a particular theme has has really helped us get more value and us be drive more value for the founders that we work with and so the program is six weeks which is very short yeah um do you want to talk a little bit about kind of just like the brax tax like what does the program consist of why six weeks what do they get all that yeah stuff. um yeah, I mean, we we decided that we would we were going to focus on what we felt that we could uniquely add and and strip out a lot of the stuff that other organizations like Techstars are a better place to provide. And so the six weeks is really to help um, connect the founders with the right teams inside of Comcast to scope out proofs of concept and pilots that can help us evaluate the fit or mutually evaluate the fit whether we're a fit for them and and vice versa. Um, and then begin the process of hopefully turning those initial engagements into into longer term uh, licenses and, and contracts with them. So the six weeks we we tell founders really think about that as the kickoff um, because we our team exists to support those companies that we uh, that we work with throughout you know the the weeks and months and years that follow. And so we've built a portfolio now of companies that we're continuing to work with. Um, you know, six weeks is a is is the blink of an eye for a, a corporation, and and many of the things that you need to do in order to work with any vendor, but in particular a, a early stage startup company, take longer than that to get done. Um, so the six weeks is really designed to immerse them in mm -hmm. what we're looking for, how we can work together, help them build relationships. Ultimately, our goal is you know keep us up to speed with how you're doing with Comcast. But if you've built such a strong relationship with the relevant business units in our in our company that you kind of take that and run with it, that's great. And we support along the way. Um, but for those that are still looking for traction or whether a new opportunities that come up, our job is, you know, years post program to help mm -hmm. to be continuing to work with them, plug them in where we see opportunities to work with them. So um, yeah, the six weeks is, is pretty short and sharp. Um, the feedback that we got from the first one is that it felt about right. Um, it, it felt like we covered everything we needed to. We kind of um, were pretty efficient and uh, we're now off and working with uh, all the companies that came through the first cohort. How do you feel like the scouting activity or, you know, how, how much of the folks that you select are really from your team going out and like working through the ecosystem versus kind of the, I know the inbound because there's just so many more founders than there were. Um, what has that experience been like and how are you kind of like, I guess like uh, kind of sharpening your perspective to be able to kind of cut through so much of the noise? Yeah. I think I think the, we're, we're trying to shift to more of a, um, you know, a, a recruitment model versus an application model. Um, mm -hmm. 
you know, I think that we, you know, we still get a lot of inbounds and, and many of them are, are really interesting and great. But as we sharpen what we're looking for um, and, and also build more relationships with um, investors or other partners that are also uh, experts in those categories, it's easier for us to go and find the companies that we think would be a good fit. Um, so we spend a lot of time building those relationships and having those those partners know about the sorts of things that we're interested in. I I was in Toronto last week um, uh, hosting a dinner for investors there uh, to, um, to, to help them understand what we're looking for, what the opportunities are. My colleague Laura was in uh, San Diego uh, doing the same thing. So we're through that network of partners, I think we're getting more efficient at recruiting the companies that we think we can be helpful to. And that makes a lot of sense. I think that's one of the biggest, you know, one of the things that I get asked a lot um, from and people who actually watch Accelerate Insider are a lot of them are venture uh, venture capitalists and investors who are just looking to understand the MD so they can understand kind of the how they think and how they're supporting companies and it helps them build kind of confidence in the cohort itself. And because there's just, there's so much going on, um, but it's really yeah. hard to identify what's kind of where's a really strong support um, for, for business building versus some more of the educational programming versus some of the founder pitch stuff. And there's all these different components, right? Yeah. Um, as well. So, and, makes- and one of the things that we've, I mean, our program is, it's called the Lift Labs Accelerator, um, but it's very, very different than, than a traditional accelerator in, in all the ways that uh, we've talked about. For example, we don't invest up front in the companies we we invest uh potentially in some of them after the program but that's not a prerequisite um and so there might be founders that are a little bit further along maybe they've already raised a series a or a series b and they think well i don't i don't need an accelerator that was me you know five years ago um but the goal of our program is not not necessarily to accelerate you building a business it's to accelerate your relationship with us and so sometimes we have to have those direct conversations with founders to help them understand that actually it can be a fit for them even if they're at a later stage and we're not going to waste their time with stuff that um really uh, they're, they're beyond or they don't need at the stage that they're at yeah i think this is actually a a, a huge conversation i always say it's like a double-edged sword like the more you democratize something you know there's like this there's kind of like this this uh challenge sometime because you end up with a lot more programming a lot more kind of resources but a lot more programming so you increase you know you create the oppor- increase the opportunity but there's all these application layers and all these other com- ways in which that can be challenging as well but fundamentally what we're seeing is like hey folks are opening their doors and they're trying to find ways to make it make sense for the enterprise to open their doors right um, and be more accessible and democratic about access um, yeah. and so to your point it's like it's yeah it's not an accelerator but it's kind of the necessary way in which you can engage with the company in a, in a thoughtful manner that's going to yield success. Yeah. I mean, back to the, the earlier point we were talking about where, you know, people are kind of busy and they have lots of things on their, on their plate. I think one of the ways that the accelerator can be helpful is it's a known entity inside of Comcast, like people, it has a brand, they know what it is. And so kind of putting yourself in that vehicle and trusting that we're going to get you to the right place, mm-hmm. uh, is an efficient way to, to get inside the business to meet the right people as opposed to just trying to do it off on your own and, and, and trying to figure out who you should be connecting with. So it becomes it becomes that kind of Trojan horse, if you like, to, to get, get you into the business um, and get you to the right people. So you've had a lot of success in this. So, so since I think I said 2018, over 80% of your portfolio companies have landed a proof of concept pilot or commercial deal with Comcast, NBC Universal. And I remember seeing the article, like I think last year being like when the first time it happened, like all the companies got like some kind of benefit. So the first thing is like, what do you attribute that to? And the second thing is like, you've been with them for a little while. Was that part, was that like also your brainchild a little bit was like to kind of get to that goal or that was that just happenstance um, that that occurred? I think it, it it happened as we were, you know, I think there's lots of different factors. I think um, us being a bit more targeted in what we're looking for helps. I think companies being a little bit further along uh, mm-hmm. helps with that. Um, I think our team just getting better at picking companies and, and, and plugging them in. I mean, it's, you know, we've, it's 80% overall, but for the last couple of cohorts, it's been 100% uh, 
Um, now, our, our job is to take those uh, initial um, uh, successes and turn them into long-term licenses and commercial agreements and, and all the rest of it. And that's what we spend a lot of time doing, working with our portfolio on. Um, but I think that, you know, it's, it's for me, the, that kind of metric is, is, is a step along the way. Um, it's the, the, the end goal is not that we do something with you and then it's like, oh, great, we succeeded. The success is, is can we get you fully integrated? Can you deliver on the promise uh, that you've made or your technology holds for our, our business? And can we learn from you along the way? And, you know, that, that, that number will necessarily be less than 100% because, you know, you, you kind of find things out along the way. Um, but I think it's, it's a combination of all those different factors. Right, so as we close out here, I have kind of um, maybe two quick two questions for you. The first one, um, you know, what words of advice do you have for startup founders wanting to work with large enterprises like Comcast? Um, I think I'll actually steal one. Of, uh, one of my friends is a is a MD for TechStars, and and he talks a lot about this concept of happy years um, mm -hmm. that you can often hear what you want to hear in a conversation with an investor or with a business unit. And I think that what we see at Comcast, as I, I talked a lot about, like there are, the teams want to be helpful. They, they, they love working with founders. They, they think um, they get excited by um, what they're doing in this emerging technology. And um, a startup can go into a meeting and think, great, like I've got a customer here. This is, this is amazing. And then we'll kind of back channel with them and they'll be like, well, I, I really like the founder. She was amazing and like great background and, you know, we'll play around with it, but like, uh, I'm not sure there's much there for us long-term. And so being able to distinguish between, you know, a, a, a team that just wants to be helpful and, and kind of be there along on the journey versus is there a real business case? Are you solving something uh, that this team really cares about? Um, that is going to save you a lot of time in the long run and finding teams like ours inside the corporation that can be that that translator uh to be able to kind of really go go back to the teams internally and be like is is there what do you need here is there is there something there so that we don't waste anybody's time and kind of get their hopes up if, if actually there's not really much potential there i mean i think you're spot on so i mean in 2013, I was in a tech stars company in New York and I was doing lean startup methodology. So I was a curriculum writer doing and training people in New York and all over the world in lean startup methodology. This is back when like startup weekend was still a thing and lean startup machine was a thing. And, yeah. um, you know, and um, it's been fascinating to me um, because I still teach it now um, all across in all different sectors. And the story has been it's such it's a it's a pre-seed conversation. You know, validate your talk to your customers, validate the you know the business model. And so, but what you really find out is that until you really are at maybe even Series A and basically every new customer that you want to engage, you really have to pressure test the problem solution. Like you have to really validate the problem and the solution, and then also validate the design, then also validate right. And like and that ability to signal versus noise ratio, like that ability to check your biases and understand your assumptions and really understand like, yeah, you might really have a great conversation with somebody, but it doesn't convert to a sale necessarily. Yeah. Like that ability to hone that skill is probably one of the most important skills a founder I think can have from a efficiency perspective, right? Saving money, time and energy, just not building the wrong thing because you really want it to be the thing you want it to be. First of all, someone wants from you instead. Yeah. I think one of the best examples of, of that that I've seen, we had a company that we worked with earlier this year, um, and they uh, they built technology that uh, helps uh, big enterprises manage uh, conversational interactions with customers across chat or uh, call centers or websites or all the rest of it. Um, and it's just a really easy way to do it all in one place. And so they came into us with a very sophisticated solution. They're working with other businesses on it. And so they told us a little bit about it, but they they kind of turned the conversation back on our teams and said, like, this is easy for us. Like, we've already done it. You can kind of plug it in. Here it is. Tell us what your big problems are. Like, if 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 what if you if we could solve one thing for you, what would that be? And how can we go and do that together? And so it kind of became this really interesting collaboration where our teams were really interested in what this startup had built, 
And but they said, but yeah, but if you could go a step further and do this, then the startup was able to think, okay, well, we'll go and talk to other companies and see is that a broad enough need for us to invest in? And that that's where I think the real like if you have these opportunities through programs like ours to get connected to um, the the decision makers in these big organizations, don't don't sell yourself short. Like don't just look for a a quick win to get a, a pilot or something. Really think about: Can this be a, a much longer term relationship? This a much longer term strategic relationship? Because it's quite hard to get those people in a room. And and if you're if you're there, if you're there, and, and you've got teams like ours helping you build connections and relationships with these people, really think like as big as you can about um, you know we've got what we can do today, but what can we do together that you know doesn't exist at the moment? Yeah, I think when you step outside of st- what I call startup swirl, startup land, kind of the, the, the fever of it, you get to really kind of practical business building. And you see that in founders that really understand, like, I'm trying to build something for a lifetime here. I'm trying to really understand and make sure we have, we're grounded in how we think about growth, right? And that's, and that's yeah. a huge part. And so, okay, so kind of last question here. So you've been in this space for, um, at least with Comcast for five or six years and probably a bit longer. Um, are you still like bullish on like the innovation sector as like the thing? Is it is it growing? Is it shrinking? Um, are we in a marathon? Are we in a sprint? You know, how are you feeling about the innovation ecosystem currently? Uh, that's a tough one. I, I, I don't feel remotely qualified to uh, to give an opinion. I, I, I struggle with the the idea of kind of an innovation sector and innovation ecosystem. I think one of the things that, um, you know, we've, I've seen just working at Comcast is every team in every different function is, is broadly looking to, to do things uh, quicker, more efficiently uh, to create new experiences for consumers or employees. And so, um, you know, the thing that our team gets really excited about is, uh, we get to both, you know, meet some of the the most uh, inspiring, interesting entrepreneurs around the world that are kind of like dedicating their lives to to doing a particular thing, and then we get to kind of see that just the massive scale of a business like ours. And, and I think the the really interesting bit is where that the kind of the the ingenuity and the urgency um, of the founders kind of collides with the just the infinite scale that. Mm-hmm these big businesses have and that i think is where where the interesting stuff is and that you know that continues to happen all the time that's the thing that remains so exciting about the the work that myself and our team and and many counterparts at other corporations get to do awesome awesome well thank you so much luke for your time today i really really appreciate it um and everyone is watching thank you for watching another episode of accelerator insider thank you